1: Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now in store or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: The Around the NFL Podcast thinks they can sign new deals and still expect me to do this sh- pro bono. No more free lunch, <laughs> yuckos. Oh!
3: <laughs> the rare live read from Matt Moneysmith, the voice of god for around the nfl the podcast you're listening to right now i'm dan Hansis, joined by mark sesler as always greg still in mother japan but yes Mm. joining us from his palatial
2: estate by the beach it is matt money smith welcome back to the show bud thanks for having me Uh, i've been listening to the pods uh, on my daily commute as i i go from my as you described it which it is not palatial estate (laughs) <laughs> up to Burbank for my radio show daily. Um, been keeping up with uh, the happenings and certainly something we're going to do up. Whoa! I just saw that for the first time. The old Zeuser What do you neon. think about that? In Check the it background. out. Because I have been an audio listener only. I don't get the visual component and a remote. Is that <laughs> listener provided? This was
3: a gift from my brother, Kevin Danger Hansis And, uh, you know, at first I was sheepish about putting it up behind me. And then I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to lean in. It's very uh,
4: intense when when you put it on full glow, the light behind you. It is. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it by is. the way,
2: uh, because my narcissism can, my narcissism cannot be contained, <laughs> I ask again because he could have gone Dan Zeus, the name that the great Pat McAfee gave you, right? Um, but he went Old oh, Zeuser. Is that? And I know I've asked this before, but I'm old and my memory is not very clear. Has that been your nickname for a long time, or was that something that I can take credit for in calling you the old Zeuser?
3: Uh, that that predated you, money. I okay. yes, I yes. So you know, no, there we no go. hard so feelings that's kind of been and anything. Yeah,
4: All
3: yeah. Right. For I don't know who gave it to me. Somebody along the line gave me that name, Mark. I don't know who it was. Well, I mean, Not if we're me.
4: gonna if we're gonna follow the typical pattern, I would think that you potentially gave it to yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's, there that been at least eight right. or nine self um, anointed. How names for you?
3: How cute is it, by the way, that Money is keeping up on this show, and then Sessler every day in that car, is following everything. Money, of course, with Petro and Money Drive Time, studs of uh, Southern California and beyond. What what a what a relationship going back and forth.
2: Yeah, the ses uh, the dog will text me during the show. If he gets excited about something, he'll want some clarity. Oh, Mark, come Maybe on. He's revisiting uh, a particular topic. So I certainly, <laughs> certainly appreciate it. You know, we got to come up with another three hours today. And with the big breaking news this morning from John Wilner, the Pope of the PAC, who's been covering the Pack, He is the dean of <laughs> PAC-12 reporters that uh, UCLA and USC are going to be leaving for the Big Ten as soon as 2024. Holy cow. What a uh, what a charged PMS we're gonna have this afternoon with the uh, captain of the worst USC football team in history, Petros, my partner. Uh, getting into that. <laughs> you love it, Mark.
3: Can I just? I have to ask. Like, would you be okay if, say, a David Ely, for instance, was texting you in the middle of our broadcast uh, when he, when you're trying to deliver content?
4: Well, I'm not. I'm not. um texting money asking for an immediate response it's more just uh you know it's on the mind and I maybe he'd read it during a commercial break I, I do um, acknowledge that sometimes when I'm listening to the show I kind of forget that I know money uh, like it, it's you're just in a different headspace where it's like I've been listening to these two guys for ages well before I met him and I kind of you know having never met Petros um, you know, I mean, money's been demystified to me for, to some degree because we've, we've, we've hung out in person and I, I'm totally impressed <laughs> with him. See but, what a weak like, and
2: wispy man I am.
4: <laughs> well, no, but I mean, Petros, <laughs> I kind of would fan out if I saw Petros in person because there's something about his personality. And, you know, 90% of people listening to this in Scotland and stuff have no idea who we're talking about. But um, I find him an engaging uh, personality.
3: Money, it even gets the compliment is even higher than you even realize because Mark hates sports for the most part.
4: So that he's, the fact well, that he's listening to a daily
3: sports
2: show well, on the radio. Well, Mark, why don't you go ahead and uh, blow because clearly Dan doesn't listen to the show. Uh, yeah, I think you could it. probably share with Dan. Uh, would you describe Petros and Money as a sports show?
4: I think it veer it it almost just maybe by um, definition veers into sports occasionally, but there will occasionally. be occasionally 35 to 40 <laughs> minutes where there's literally no talk of any athletic competition at all. Yes. And that for me is when it soars. All right. So
3: check out Petros and Money. Um money. Before we get into things, you mentioned something um, that was on your mind, uh, Mark, something that's been on our minds collectively is we got to pull back the curtain. We got to open up the kimono. We heard from our producer, Graver, minutes almost after we put up our last podcast that the feedback from our uh, Kayvon Thibodeau interview on Monday, not great, I would say. So I think this is a good opportunity, Mark. I think just to show that we are stand-up individuals. We're not going to slink out of the back of the locker room and get into our waiting cars and get out of the building. I think maybe we should face the music and um, hold a press conference to address what went down on Monday afternoon. Your thoughts?
4: Uh, I, I, think it's, I think that, you know, to, to be accountable to um, what we believe is the best sports podcast around, we, we, it would be weird just to ignore it. We should be responsible and answer any questions that the people have and money
3: in your role uh, sitting in for Greg. It would be great if you could serve as the pool reporter sure. uh, representing the media. Uh, so let's, uh, Graver, let's open up the presser right now. What do we got? What do we got?
2: Oh, you guys don't want to have an opening statement first. Normally, when we have a press conference, you have I think an opening gave statement. It. Yeah, you just I think gave that, it? Was it. That, that was it. That was it. Go okay, ahead. Money. So now we're open for questions. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll start with this. <laughs> we're new to this. Uh, why, really. why are you two freaking out over this? everybody has bad interviews so what why are you freaking out <laughs> i do a, i do a bad interview at least once a week or you know as as mark can probably attest to there's there's maybe one awkward conversation we have because we're <laughs> such idiots on our radio show and we do interviews every day now podcasts are different because there aren't a lot of interviews typically you're just doing your pod and every now and then you'll have someone show up. so is this are you nervous about your relationship with kvon that you want him to be a regular and now you're worried that that relationship is fractured somehow
3: Oh, I I would say um, our relationship with Kayvon probably is fractured at this point. But no, is it a concern? You want to do the best show possible money. We felt like coming out of the interview immediately, it did not go well, but we didn't want to pull it from the show. Uh, And then sure enough, I think in the reason why we're holding this press conference is our listeners are nothing if not extremely passionate and sometimes very critical, and the criticism was withering, Mark. I would say mm. toward us, and it's just something it felt like we should uh, man up
4: to. Yeah, I I would just add that um, we were, you know, we you know, money in terms of interviews, we probably do a lot less percentage than you guys do, uh, and I I would say that Dan and I were a, a tad shaken for the rest of the episode because I think there was maybe <laughs> just a little bit too much um, Markish nonsense in that in that Q and A. That said, um, I also appreciate what you're saying because we've got to let it sail down the river now will we will cave be on the show multiple more times my guess would be absolutely not i don't think um we won him over with our performance but that's fine
3: all right next question uh oh yeah it's a pool reporter yeah so money once Uh, again uh
2: dan this one's for you um yeah you want to just put this one on mark are you willing to go down with the ship because certainly it was the, uh, the line of questioning from Mark that, that kind of got Kayvon going, well, actually, you know what? That's not true. Because he was already upset with your line of fan questioning. He's like, what the hell is this? I'm a player. I don't, I don't give a damn about the fans. Why do you keep asking me about all that? So that's, let me withdraw that, yeah. and now I'm going to insert this. Um, you
3: are the pool reporter, by the way. There's a yeah, certain yeah, decorum about that is
2: expected from you. All right, so this one now goes to you, Mark. After the reaction <laughs> that he had based on the line of questioning from Dan's fan questions, did you at any point rethink your line of questions that you were going to submit to him?
4: Uh, no, I'll say I, w- I did not um, because I went and asked them. I'd only prepared a certain amount of questions. I didn't have like a if things are going really poorly. Here's the other eight questions I'm going to ask. <laughs> I was I was also genuinely curious about um, the Brian Dable subject, uh, and uh, that landed like a like a rock in water. I mean, obviously, but um. The way we do our show, my thought, uh, to be honest, was we do our show a certain way. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, every NFL player's cup of tea. And uh, I was like, I'm going to forge on with what I know we do (laughs) well. Listen, ultimately,
3: it is on us. We are the ones doing the show. I'm not putting this on the guest uh, money, but I will say this. We thought we had established something of a rapport with Mr. Thibodeau after the two interviews we did pre-draft and then draft night. So when the interview began and all of a sudden we realized we were kind of back at zero, um, that was a bit stunning to us. And uh, yes, the questions could have been better. Could the answers have been better? Could he have been playing along a little bit more? Yeah, sure. But ultimately, it's on us. We failed. Wait a second. Actually, I think let's take another question. I think that's is that my mom?
1: Debbie Hansis. Hello, son. I just want you to know that you were perfect, and I thought you looked very handsome. Love you, honey. See you soon.
3: Uh, She's the best. She's the best.
4: Thanks, mom. I will note that um, (laughs) I got no message from my mom, so I I do think maybe this issue is more on me than you did.
3: All right, we got time for two more. uh, Money. Um, Mark,
2: I guess, you know, if you kind of... just what I... I, (laughs) What are you getting at? Like, what is it that you were, did you have an experience with Kayvon those first two that led you to to think that like the spooning question was going to go over well or that there was like, was there some, was it tied to something else? Like kind of why that particular line of of questioning, the wrestling and the the spooning and kind of how that all got put together. And let me just jump in. For those that might
3: have missed the episode, this was the reaction to the spooning question from Thibodeau.
5: I don't, I I answer those
4: type of questions. That's a tough one. (laughs) <laughs> Look at Dan trying to save
2: it. That's a tough one. <laughs>
4: um, I, I, I ask questions. When I come up with questions, it's not like I want to just carbon copy what like a beat reporter would ask about right. his experience with Brian Dayball. I was genuinely curious. Um, if, As to whether uh, or not he
2: spoons front or back. <laughs>
4: yeah, whether he's the front and, or back and spoon, K-Von the big or that. small spoon. I, I thought, or his impression of what he would think based on his time with Brian Dable. He's spent a lot more time with him than I have. I've only met Dable for a couple minutes at a Super Bowl week. So um, it was genuinely something that I wanted to know. Uh, it was perhaps the wrong person to uh, <laughs> inquire of.
2: Can I ask a follow-up, please? One more. We got one more for Dan and Mark. Just real quick. Do... Um, do either of you know anyone that is a front spoon? <laughs> well, that's I my, think like, the, that's, <laughs> like, that's like, that's like, honestly, do you know anyone that is a front spoon? Cause I don't, and I I, I don't. I would uh, say in, you know, romantic relationships in my
3: past, the, the partner has been the front spoon. Right. I just, yes, yeah.
4: Yes. I'd say 97% of the time, but you can switch it up if you want here and there. Right? Just to see what it, what it's like there's a
3: there's a part of me mark that now i'm picturing your uh, simone your wife's a very slender pretty woman but i'm picturing if you had married a woman that was about six foot four and 280 pounds and just was wrapped around your cute little body oh, and, and mark was... just cuddling and just
4: smiling
2: he's so calm he's so safe in that blanket
4: i'd, I'd be front 24 7 in
0: that scenario i second mark's thought that you can switch it up sometimes. You don't always have Who's to be this the same. Who's this guy? Well, who are you? Thing. What are you
3: doing in the press conference? I played the drop,
2: <laughs> and then he jumps out. I appreciate the Gravedigger went. Look, he's answering my question. I mean, he is part of the. I said, do either of you? I should say, do any of you? Know, you. Not just either, but do any Digger, to, to invite in. Gravedigger back in. If he knows someone, know or doing. if he does,
3: and if <laughs> Rosenthal's here, he would love it too. Gravedigger, despite mm. telling us privately that he doesn't. Want us to get into his personal life too much with his paramour. He always finds a way to kind of insert her via some comment he makes about his personal life. So just, I see what you're doing, Gravedigger. I'm okay with it, but just letting you know I see it. As long as you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Is she (laughs) okay? Snarky,
2: little snarky response there. Look at us.
3: Oh, he specializes in that. Yeah. All right. All right. Good stuff. Sorry to anybody that was offended. And by the way, if you really were,
2: do calm down. Come back and, to us. But, hey, and let me just say you know. this again. As uh, someone who, unlike a, uh, I've said this, and yes, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll play my role. I embrace it. I lean into it. All right. If I'm the villainous member, uh, guest member of, uh, not member. If I'm the villainous guest invitee of Around the NFL, then so be it. Uh, podcasts are not radio shows. Radio shows you got to do three to four hours every single day. All right. So I'm doing we are doing interviews every single day, three hours, you know, maybe one or two. They go wrong. You have people come up. We interviewed Zach Granke once. He showed up. He was an a-hole for the first two minutes. And I don't remember if it was me. I think it might have. I don't remember if it was me or Petros. But one of us said, hey, you really don't want to do this, do you? And he said, absolutely not. We said, great, (laughs) goodbye. We'll never talk to you again. And we hung up the phone. And that was it. And that's okay. And in the meantime, we'll have Don McClain on once a week. We'll have, you know, you find find that sweet spot. And, And you know what? And here's my opinion. And the people may not like this, especially the New York Giant fans. I don't buy Kayvon. I don't buy him as a sincere individual. I listen to him talk about your contract extensions and how popular your podcast is. He's using you guys. That's all he's doing. He recognizes the reach and the power of the Around the NFL podcast, and he's using it for his own brand. He's not a real friend. He's not not an ancillary member of Around the NFL. The heck with that guy. You don't need him. He needs you. And if anybody should be having an apology press conference right now, it should be that guy. So to hell oh, with I don't him. think he's thought about it since. You know,
3: I, I thought <laughs> that was beautifully said, Money. And, I, and you actually did make me feel better about it. So thank you. I think Mark and myself and Greg in absentia thought that maybe he could be a Don McLean type figure to our show. That ship has sailed. Yes.
4: That ship has
2: sunk. <laughs> it hasn't sailed, it is at the bottom of the ocean. Let's do some news. Okay, once again, nothing is happening on Homeland, but over on Masters of Sex, Lizzie Kaplan is hooked up to electrodes and getting it from a guy who sounds American, but probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. <laughs>
3: Matt Money Smith, so many talents, including voiceover work in on the family guy. What was the name of that episode again, or that scene? That scene was
2: uh, The Bone Zone.
3: Bone Zone, a or take you on Red Zone. The,
2: uh, yeah, take on Red Zone. You would cut to uh, live television where there was nudity. <laughs> I was the anchor. <laughs> <laughs> it would cut to all the different nude scenes that were going on.
3: I mean, that, that entire scene, and look it up on YouTube because it's there, is golden. That was the only portion that I felt like we could get away with on the show and without – telling on anyone because you know I can see both sides of it you told a great story money that that was offered to another NFL media personality too hot for them but not too hot for money
2: not too hot for me I say no to nothing and yes that's (laughs) intended to be a double negative (laughs)
3: all right let's get into a little bit of news not too much going on obviously here on June 30th but we'll keep keep you caught up to date here on around the NFL Washington Washington Commanders have signed a three-year extension worth up to $71 million in new money with Terry McLaurin. That makes him one of the highest-paid wide receivers in football. It includes $28 million signing bonus. Uh, that's the largest given to any wide receiver. Uh, and McLaurin at 26 years old is now tied to Washington through the 2025 season. Uh, Mark, this this feels like great timing. I feel like the commanders haven't done a lot of things right in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, um, and you, you could even magnify that with everything that's going on behind the scenes in Washington. So this is a blip on the radar, a roster move, ultimately, and what's going on around that team. However, it does it does seem like some much-needed positive vibes around this team in what's been a difficult offseason.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. And like he's, you know, speaking a lot of commanders him. in Washington D.C. in the Pentagon, he's true, one Joe. of them. He is one of them. Um, he, I think he's the best wide receiver they've had in 20-plus years. So the, the the wording around this for months from Ron Rivera on down was like, this was always a lock to happen. I, there was very little drama around this. And in an offseason where nine different receivers have signed deals for 20-plus million per year, um, he's just the latest. There's still DK Metcalf out there, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson. But this is a player who has come in and produced what he's done, two back-to-back 1000 yards seasons after being in Ohio State he's done it with Taylor Heineke a diminished Alex Smith Dwayne Haskins Kyle Allen Case Keenum Colt McCoy and Garrett Gilbert so you know I know that the Carson Wentz situation there makes like maybe his fantasy stock not the shiniest but I think it's actually the best situation he's been in if Carson Wentz can be a little bit better than he's been or I mean I think that it's the most stable quarterback situation they've had outside of Alex Smith when he was healthy
2: Yeah, you know, I was at the game, the opener last year, where he made that incredible catch through the hands of Nas Adderley on the sideline. Uh, I thought it was an interception. Somehow it wasn't. It it went through the breadbasket of Nas Adderley, and somehow McLaurin was able to track it. I just bring that up because it's one of the most incredible catches I've ever seen. Um, And that's one of the things that McLaurin does, is he catches everything. And I think it's a widely underrated uh, trait that you want from your wide receiver, is there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can put it exactly where you want it, exactly in stride, you know, without having to compete for a football. So when you have someone that can come up with the catch when things aren't lined up perfectly, it's incredibly valuable. And and like you said, you know, look, the, the commanders have not done a lot of things well. We think about the run they made a couple of years ago, how dominant that defensive front was, and, and I'd like to think – um, can get back to being that, you know, walking on the field that day and looking at that defensive line, work out, go through their warmups with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Chase Young and especially Montez Sweat, who is an absolute freak of nature physically. Um, to have like a healthy, happy, <laughs> not not hold out, I'm pissed off, Terry McLaurin, but to have a healthy McLaurin first round pick, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, you mentioned Diami Brown, like that's. And Loga Thomas, that's a legit freaking receiving core that can cause some problems. So, you know, McLaurin's the centerpiece of it. And off of that, everything else functions. So, look, it's we don't have to belabor the point. They had to get it done, and good on them for getting it done.
3: Yeah, and Wentz does have – I know he's not a very popular or well-regarded quarterback at this stage in his career, but this is, to Money's point, a much better receiving group that he had in Indianapolis, and that's something when I think about Matt Ryan making the move from Atlanta – to Indy. Yes, his offensive line is better, but who's he throwing to now? So we'll see uh with McLaurin leading away if Washington can score points. One quick, like kind of above the treetops uh look at this. This wide receiver payday offseason has been wild. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. And I look at what what we got, what McLaurin got three for 71 was the extension. So Cooper Cup just signed three for 80. And then Mike Williams, speaking of Mike Williams and the Chargers, we're going to dig into the AFC West after the news uh, and talk about that exciting division. Mike Williams got three for 60. Chris Godwin, three for 60. So you slot in McLaurin between Cooper Cup and Mike Williams and Godwin. Okay, that makes sense to me. He's that level. He's awesome. All right. In other news. Uh, Deshaun Watson's hearing before the NFL and the NFL Players Association's jointly appointed disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson uh, continues as we uh, record today's show. And while that saga continues to play out, Baker Mayfield continues to be a member of the Cleveland Browns. And the idea obviously here is that. Mayfield will eventually be traded, maybe released, but there's a financial side of this. Any deal that needs to be worked out, Carolina has been connected to Mayfield. Seattle has been connected to Mayfield. Uh, But there is this one thing hanging out there, which is the Browns have a very solid roster. They view themselves as a playoff contender. Baker Mayfield, probably an upgrade, in my opinion, definitely upgrade over Jake brisket jacoby brissett if deshaun watson indeed is out of the picture this year is there any chance that he could return to cleveland in the short term here is baker mayfield speaking at his uh camp in norman oklahoma this
2: week i think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is is to move on that's there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means.
4: But I think a lot of people think if they didn't have a quarterback for the next year, would, would there be any chance of reconciliation there?
2: No, I, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But uh, we're, we're ready to move on,
3: I think, on both sides. All right. So Baker Money says it with a smile. And and when you watch that, it looks like a guy that just, for once, seems to be saying the right things and just checking boxes. I. W- is there any reason to parse words there? I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. Is the door even slightly ajar in your mind between Baker and the Browns
2: on his end anyway? Uh, me first, no. I'll just leave it. That, that there's no chance. I don't I don't even think I need to expound or expand upon it. It's it's a zero, zero point zero percent chance. Uh it's not a position you can do that with. Leadership, guys going to the Bahamas with Deshaun, guys getting excited about Deshaun. Now Baker's coming, but you know, people kind of indirectly subtly you know taking shots at him like you just you can't bring that back in it's too much of a leadership position and um just it's gonna be jacoby Brissett, and that's that or and whoever else is is dobbs there i think so it's one of those two guys i i could not agree more oh. Ooh,
1: slides me off a piece of that jake brisky
4: <laughs> i don't think we want too many pieces of that but that that probably is what they're getting um there's no there's absolutely no way that baker mayfield plays another snap for the Cleveland Browns. I think what he's doing here, you know, for them saying they wanted an adult in the room, first of all, and then you go get to Sean Watson, that, that is exemplifies how messy this process has been uh, handled by the Cleveland Browns. They put Baker Mayfield into a terrible position. Uh, there's no way that he's going to come back and do a single thing for them. He is, if anything, been the bigger person in all of this. And that, that press conference to me is just him simply not wanting to use that opportunity to take a shot on, on the city of Cleveland, on the team at all. he, he took the high road. There's no way he plays again.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Just real quick, Dan. He's the, he's he's able to play. I don't want to say the victim, but the sympathetic figure. You know? Absolutely. So why why get chappy and red ass now? You know, just keep playing the the sympathetic figure and. It'll work out for you. You're going to get another he's going to get another shot. He knows that somewhere someone will give him a chance at being a starting quarterback. So he does not need to grovel to get back to Cleveland in order to have that opportunity.
3: Absolutely. He doesn't have to say anything else. And if I was his agent, I would say, OK, you're at your foot, your youth football camp. You're going to have a little bit of availability. Say exactly what you said there. Do not do any podcast. Don't do I am athlete. Don't do this. Don't hmm. do that. Just let this play out because right now you're actually in a little bit of a better spot in terms of uh, public sentiment. All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, let's take a break and then we go deep diving in the AFC West.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
5: Those are the most obvious. I but what like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Rolling to his right as Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught! Touchdown, Chargers! 59
0: yards. Herbert
2: to Guyton, and it makes no
0: sense. No sense. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. I'm not kidding you. That is the greatest throw I've ever seen while he's getting hit. Oh, what a
3: call by the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, with that other guy, Daniel Jeremiah, mixed in. Justin Herbert made a whole lot of amazing throws. That might have been... Uh, the most exciting. In fact, I'm working on, you know, we're going to take a little break around the July 4th holiday and when we come back, uh, Mark, we're going to do, we're going to check back in with the Superstar Club. I hate when I'm a year late on the Superstar Club. Obviously, I should have just put in Justin before year two. He's going in this year. And as part of like my writing process, I was watching some of his highlights. The guy, what he did last year alone. So exciting. So we're Justin Herbert, just one of the shining stars of uh, the AFC West, the best division in football. Money's going to have a front row seat for it all fall and winter. So let's kind of go through these teams and have a little bit of a conversation. And I think, this is going to be kind of a giveaway based on our opening, but I want to kind of share a quote about um, different players, connected, important players in this division. And here's my quote, and you could connect it to the team. Uh, Sorry, I don't like to be a bother, but am I the best quarterback in this division now? (laughs)
1: Let's
3: talk Chargers.
2: Is he? Well I I mean it's That's so a big hard one. Yeah, it's so hard to take that away from Mahomes considering the guy's, you know, won the division every single year. He's been the starter, uh has made it to what three, four AFC championship games, uh two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl victory. I, I think it's I think it's very hard. Um however I think when you, you you say that he's doing it with Andy Reid as his play caller, Tyree Kill, the scariest offensive weapon non quarterback in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey, who's got a shot to become the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I I think you can make a case that that Herbert has perhaps, you know, has this year Herbert's got a chance to eclipse that. You know, there's no Tyree Kill. Uh, Herbert's got you know, the second year in a system, which is the first time in seven years that he will be with the same offensive system and coordinator uh, in a, a follow-up year. So to be able to see him just be able to build on what he had already learned instead of having to learn a relationship and terminology and verbiage of a new system uh, year after year after year, I think it the opportunity is presented for him to ascend to that throne, even though Pat Mahomes hasn't even, perhaps entered his prime i mean he's entered his prime but he's smack in the middle of it it ain't like he's falling off anytime soon
1: and
4: they're and they could be one and they are one and two in the nfl i think so it's like if if it's if he's number two herbert at the moment there's no complaint there i mean there's they're their styles are different but if you look at herbert and what he offers from a tools angle you're set for the next 15 years and that's aaron Rodgers, josh I would, allen i would Joe put Burrow, i would i put herbert over all of them. Maybe I'm overvaluing that, but I just I think Herbert's the second. We do best love quarterback some Herbert on
3: this program. That that is for sure.
4: Yeah, I
3: think just yeah, being that... in the
2: conversation. You know, like that's that's always to me. You can take your Josh Allen or your Joe Burrow or your Herbert or your like. To me, it's like, are you in that conversation? And if mm-hmm. you are, then man, you're feeling pretty darn good. I mean, you must be feeling good money because, you know, this is a
3: a big gig for you calling the Chargers games There's only 32 of these jobs. And if they would have taken the guy that went before went at number five in the 2020 draft, you're calling two games. And I'm not saying two is a bust or anything like that. We're going to see. Uh, but incredible, like a Chargers team that has been so snake bit over the years. Uh, the way things worked out, and to their credit, they targeted him as the guy, and he's certainly become that. I I think the thing about the Chargers' awesome money is like their offensive line, and we know their defense, and we'll get to their defense because that's the thing that you just wonder, and it's always every time in the summer, it's like, all right, this is the year the Chargers are going to put it all together and then something bad happens, but that offensive line, what they were able to do so quickly, um, rebuilding it in the past two offseasons, uh Rashawn Slater, Matt Feiler, and Filer. Corey Lindsley, Filer, and Corey Lindsley were all top six graded players at their positions in 2021. That's that's a huge shift. Is there a concern in that line? Maybe at
2: right tackle for you? Right tackles, I think, the only concern on the roster, I, I think of the entire roster after Ooh, kind of the, the holes the holes they filled in in the offseason on the defensive front, uh, getting JC Jackson at at corner um you know what they were able to draft in terms of Zion Johnson is going to be you know reportedly plug and play right guard um right tackle right, right tackle will be interesting because Matt Filer played right tackle for Pittsburgh played very well at right tackle they put him at left guard because they wanted him next to the rookie Slater at left tackle just to kind of help out solidify that left side make sure it wasn't too much of a baptism by fire and <laughs> he didn't need him I mean Slater was one of the three best left tackles in football his rookie year last year so i wonder if they solved the right tackle question mark by moving Filer back to right tackle to help out Zion Johnson in his rookie year. So now he's sandwiched between two vets, one who's in the conversation as the best center in football and Corey Lindsley. the other who's certainly performed at a high level now for 5-6 years in Matt Filer, and then that would solve their their right tackle issue and you can plug, you know, if, if someone raises his hand in training camp, whether it's Brennan Hymas from last year, their fourth round pick out of Nebraska, or it's their sixth round pick, Jamari Saylor, who did it for Georgia at both left tackle, left guard, right guard. Guy played all over the line and Georgia ends up winning a national championship with him as their best offensive lineman. I think that's how they might be able to solve it. But like that's that's the only question mark I think that, that really is universal going into the season. Who's going to play? Right tackle. Because last year, you know, our lasting impression was Storm Norton getting absolutely ravaged by Max Crosby in that Sunday night football game. They're in the playoffs if that doesn't happen.
4: I mean, I had to ask you one track back question. Had they drafted Tua, how annoying for you as a radio man having to say his last name, you know, 60, 70 times a game versus Justin Herbert?
2: Tongoa Just Um Well, it's funny. So I really was hoping they were going to draft Tua um, as a college football fan. Uh, I loved Tua as a college football quarterback. He was incredible. Um, Just the suddenness of his movement, the explosiveness. When he made a decision, the ball was gone. How quickly he was able to make those decisions. And... You know, selfishly being the voice, uh, that I hate saying that, being a guy that works for the team in a town I lean where, into it, money. That's, that's <laughs> where, you're uh, the voice. Where they're trying to get traction and build a fan base. You know, I, I've lived here for 30 years, so I know how you know what the Polynesian community, the Samoan community means. It's very underrated, how important that community is here in Los Angeles. It is a giant, I mean massive community. Mm. So to have a quarterback that would tap you're talking about a million people that you're tapping into with a quarterback, you know, like Tua. So selfishly, I was like, "Oh man, if Tua would just fall." In. And look, you can you can take. And I know Greg likes taking shots at DJ because of you know how he had Herbert rated. It's not on DJ. That's on Mario Cristobal. That's on Oregon for 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 being scared. To cut loose and let Herbert get after it, they did not allow him to play the way he's playing in the NFL. It was a one read. If it ain't there, make the check down or take off and run. Under no circumstances are you to turn the ball over, and that's just how Cristobal operated. And Look, it worked. They won a Rose Bowl and they they perform well in the Pac-12. But you know, so just to kind of make sure, I don't want anyone being like, "Oh, he was all about Tua when they were coming out." Yeah, because Tua was incredible. In uh in college and Herbert you know had a lot of question marks because of the style offense that they played. But to answer your question in a very circuitous way, Mark, it's much easier saying touchdown Justin Herbert than <laughs> to a by of It Seems to be. Uh, let's
3: let's move to the Chiefs because yeah, I think they have gone to the AFC title game four years in a row. Uh, they won a Super Bowl nearly, um, nearly got back to the Super Bowl last year. Had that baffling
2: and, fourth and quarter meltdown. Won it. Yeah, And absolutely probably. would have won that Super Bowl against that Rams team. I 100% believe that. I Listen, mm. I
3: understand. You're Los Angeles. You're a Chargers guy. You don't have to no, take shots. No, it's not shots. bad. I just look at the way like, the Rams played If you don't in like J.B. Long, just say it. The voice of the Rams. Just come out and say it that way.
2: <laughs> I love J.B. I love MJD. I got no issues with the Rams whatsoever. A lot of friends over there in that organization. But all I kept thinking as I was watching that Super Bowl, and I don't know if you guys felt the same way as, man – the bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, they are all sitting at home going, "Are you kidding me right now? Like we are not in this game, and this is what we're watching. This is how this offense is operating against a, you know good a, a good, you know, Cincinnati defense and a good with an exceptional pair of players, Cincinnati offense. And just to think of what you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were able to do and Joe Mixon, Man, thinking of what Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey would have done in that game. I I'm sorry. I'm I'm now fixated on the idea of like a
3: man style alley battle um, between voices of the AFC West. So let's say, all right, Mark, money and DJ, which is pretty good. Money's and. Great shape. Yeah. He's a surfer, I'm uh, wispy man. He moves quickly. Uh, DJ, former D1 athlete. JB Long, another guy in good shape. And then MJD, who's a bowling ball. Who's one of the best he's, he's running gonna wreck backs some shop. of his. MJD's going to yeah. wreck some shop. And then I don't know what's going. On. I kind of forgot what the Denver situation uh, is.
2: Denver is. Um, oh, jeez. Dave Logan, right? I think it's right, Logan, Dave Logan. Who's, who's on the call. Who's a big dude and obviously former professional D1.
3: I don't think it matters though because my choice in this mark is just Brent Musburger solo. Doesn't even right. need anybody walks in, he puts up puts up his Dukes 1930 styles and just cleans house. <laughs> right. You Brent Musburger
4: he'll he'll put a cigarette on a cigarette out on someone's forehead. I I don't um like your chances money and DJ. I I no. you're both wonderful announcers, but um from a physical, menacing physical standpoint, I think MJD would be a problem for you, not to mention Logan and Musburger.
2: Um, how about this, by the way? Sorry. Because um, this, is, this is insane. Dave Logan, for people that don't know, he's the play-by-play voice of the Broncos, right? He was drafted out of high school by the Cincinnati Reds. He goes to the University of Colorado, where he is a preseason All-American basketball player drafted by the Kansas City Kings and drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the third round where he plays in the NFL for seven years that's like you want to talk <laughs> about a freaking athlete you're drafted by the Reds the Kings and the Browns you got drafted into all three major sports in America that I call is that pull in a Dave field
3: right born yeah, born nineteen fifty four. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you guys are in trouble, but it's it's Big okay. Try. Yeah. Um, let's talk Chiefs, though. Let's get through this. Uh, uh, these teams. I think. Um, I think everyone's asking the same question about take Tyreek Hill out of the mix and you add in Juju Smith Schuster, um, and you add in Marquez Valdez Scantling and Mark. That you what in theory the idea is that. These different pieces will mitigate the loss because they'll do some of the things that Ty- Tyreek Hill did. But that's not really how it works because Tyreek Hill is a generational player. And I don't put it past Mahomes to have another big season. And then you look at the standings last year in a year where people like didn't get too crazy about the Chiefs offense they still scored 480 points was basically the same amount as the Bills are you concerned uh, seriously about this or is mahomes so great is that he's that he's going to make it work
4: i think the offseason is so long that i i've heard um a strong like cry it from certain people that they're going to be fine. They don't miss Tyree Kill. It's like you're going to miss Tyree Kill in in various situations. Your best target right now is obviously Travis Kelsey. Um, you're going to need Sky Moore to step up and do something. I, Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS do not equal Tyree Kill. I like the fact that you know three of the three teams of four in this in this division have either a first year coaching staff or a second year coaching staff. With Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you trust that they're going to come up with enough to make the offense work. Um, they might be a, a little more ground heavy, but I think that with Mahomes, there is a foolproof element to this. But I don't think that, I think it's been underrated that Tyreek Hill is going to be gone and they're just going to glide right on the way that they have in the past. The one thing about them last year, though, is that they, their offense looks so sluggish to us. They were still second in the NFL in EPA per play behind only the Rams. I mean, they did round into shape. So I think that this is one very re- resilient team that can overcome losses in players. But this is a special player they lost. So I, I'm suspicious at best.
2: Yeah, like my, my big issue is, um, I shouldn't say my big issue, like my, my main concern last year was the offensive line. And I think that bore itself out. Through the first six weeks, there were issues. There were turnovers. There was pressure. It did not look like the offense that we were used to seeing. Right, Patrick Mahomes led the league in interceptions. He was not able to buy that time to let those plays develop downfield because of all the pressure he was under. But what happened was Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey really got better as this season progressed, and the interior of that line was able to hold by the back half of that season. Um, like, I thought you could make a case, and I know a lot of this is dependent upon Orlando Brown's on an island. the other guys aren't, but like Orlando Brown was one of the weaker links on that offensive line with how good that interior Three started to play as it coalesced, and those guys got their experience and their legs under him. So like to me, that's a huge win for them going into this season is that you've got these young cost controlled interior linemen. Can you help out Orlando Brown? Wiley's a huge concern on the other side is, as well. So, and I know we're going to get into it. I think we are at least. Like, that's the thing that's being overlooked is everybody's excited about these quarterbacks and, and all these weapons, but man – You look across the line, and I'm a huge Carlathis fan out of Purdue. To pair him up with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and then you go to Denver, and you got Bradley Chubb, and they sign Randy Gregory if he's healthy, and then you got Chandler Jones, who's a big upgrade, I think, over Ngakwe, who played very well opposite of Max Crosby, and then the best of them all, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Like that's to me, that's where this division is going to be won. Is how healthy is your defensive line? And how effective are they going to be at slowing down these four incredible quarterbacks um, when it comes to playing them? You know, I like that. Like to me, that's where it's going to be one and lost. So I think the one thing just to kind of get to the trap, the Tyreek Hill point real quick, Tyreek Hill just scared the hell out of defenses and defensive coordinators like the, every single snap you had to account for him and adjust your defense for him. So now that you don't have to do that, I think that's where that impact will be felt the most. And I, I trust your your college uh, football
3: player judgment for sure. George Karloftis is a, a big part of they need uh, more pass rusher this year. So if he steps in and has an impact, but still he's a rookie. And same thing with Sky Moore, a second-round pick they like a lot, who's entering that mix. I feel like Kansas City kind, kind of needs one, if not both of those guys, to be instant different, difference makers. Or I see them taking that step back and opening the door for the Chargers or, say, maybe the Broncos, who we're going
0: to get into right after this break.
5: Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard, he don't care about guarding.
3: He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in
4: the
5: exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard and then on I'll top of it,
4: like
3: that, see that.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. to point game. I remember you came trying to my room crying tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going
0: to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said I said, Oh, G, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs>
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All
3: right, let's talk Broncos. Listen, is it this simple? Is it this simple, Money? Because I think it kind of is in football, which is not a simple sport, but... You see it time and time again, most recently in Tampa Bay, where they hosted a, hoisted a Lombardi because they had a good roster and all they needed was a great quarterback. Here comes Tom Brady and the rest is history. Is Russell Wilson Tom Brady? No. But is Russell Wilson a truly great quarterback? In my opinion, yes. In the opinion of many out there, is it as simple as Russell Wilson is there now, so now the Denver Broncos are a legit Super Bowl threat and perhaps the best team in the AFC West? Is that all check out
2: to you? <sighs> Yeah, I think it I think it does. You know, when you look at Drew Locke and and he was regularly, um, if not the worst, in that thirty to thirty, you know, I think the highest he was ranked in any major category was thirtieth. Um, so when when you replace that with the weapons they have, you know, and I'm a big believer in their weapons, and Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, I mean that is scary. I love Javante Williams, and I know I'm doing the name salad thing right now, but Yeah, when it's not Drew Locke and it's Russell Wilson, my God, that is a gigantic upgrade. Um, I do think there's still questions. You know, Mike Munchak is gone. He's arguably the best offensive line coach in the league. And when he got to Denver is when that offensive line finally started playing well. They were a huge liability prior to his arrival. Garrett Bowles was terrible, led the league in holding penalties regularly, and then ends up getting with Munchak. and you know, gets a giant contract, becomes a solid left tackle. I don't know whether that's going to carry over. Um, But to me, I, I don't see how it's not a huge upgrade just because, I mean, that is such a giant leap from Locke to Wilson. That is just massive.
4: And you're pairing Wilson finally with an offensive Minded coach. I think that matters a lot. I mean, the X factor for the Broncos is um, I I just generally concerned about teams that we just ticket for like the AFC title game, uh, you know, because of what they've done at quarterback. And I know that he has nice weapons around him. I'd say the right side of the line. Um, is a major question. There's a battle at every one of those positions. Another X factor for me is like, I like Bradley Chubb. Um, can he stay healthy? I like Randy Gregory. Can he stay healthy? Um, can Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, and all these pieces with a shaky offensive line get their act together um, in time for the regular season? If you're slow out of the gate in this division, I think you're in a little bit of trouble. And I look at the end of their schedule, and this is kind of like, like with the, what happened with the Rams with Matthew Stafford last year, where they started to find their sea legs down the stretch. This team closes with the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chiefs again, and then the the Chargers. That is a brutal six-week finish. So if they don't have cohesion by that point, this is a team that I think could disappoint record-wise and be much better the second year under Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah,
3: that is a good conversation to have. Maybe we'll do it. We still have plenty of time before week one. Teams bound to disappoint this season. I think you mentioned Chubb. He kind of, as the old Dave Damaschek Jenga piece, he lingers to me as a Jenga piece on this team because, you know, they thought they were getting a a truly great pass rusher uh, when they drafted him in the top five a few years back and injuries have held him back. But he's also had moments where he's looked like that guy. If you get the real pass rush from him where he leads that unit and then you have that great uh, secondary, that's another major part of this with all these great quarterbacks in the division. If they have a pass rush and a lockdown secondary, they could figure some things out and you add in Russell Wilson. I'm buying on the Broncos. I understand that the uh, there could be some uh, pessimism around them. I know Greg is not as high in Russell Wilson, for instance, as others, but I'm in on them. I think this is an 11 12 win team.
4: I also think, well, like on defense, you know, I know Vic Fangio is gone but their new defensive coordinator is a Fangio from a Fangio system. I mean, it's so it's like a lot of these players versus like, oh, we had a great players for the last system. Now we're starting over. It's like you're sliding them back into something very familiar and their secondary is a- among the best in the league.
2: Yeah, I think that's the key, you know, is, is you know, just quickly on that mark, you know, some teams are built forward back, you know, the front gets after it and you can have average defensive backs that don't have to hold coverage as long. You know, this is the best secondary in the league. And so they can hold and get a little bit more sticky coverage to get you a couple more seconds, you know, to get you an extra half second, three quarters of a second for Chubb and Gregory to get to the quarterback because maybe those windows aren't open as as quickly. And so, you know, to your point, Dan, where they thought Bradley Chubb was going to be this, hey, we're pairing Von Miller with Bradley Chubb and just go ahead and pick your poison. And it didn't turn out to be that. But I think now that, that this, you know, with Simmons and Jackson and, and Pat Sertan and, and K-1, like, oh, it's such a good secondary um, that you don't have to be Von Miller. You can be that Bradley Chubb secondary rusher and end up being elite because of how sticky the secondary is.
3: Let me take a look. As of May, just checking in with DraftKings. I'm curious because I said I see the Broncos as a 11 or 12. Uh, the Desert has them at 10. The Chargers also at 10. Uh, the Chiefs, this is a crazy division, really is. Chiefs at 10.5, and the Raiders. Let's get to the Raiders at 8.5. So the desert sees the Raiders as a, a tick below. I have another quote here, Money, uh, that I was able to procure okay. as the uh, ATN Media Insider. Um, maybe you could uh, put it together who gave me this quote just okay. based on context. Money thinks I suck. Well, he sucks. <laughs>
2: Listen, I don't think Derek Carr sucks. I just understand. I've been calling Chargers games. This will be my uh, sixth year. And in those six years, I have had a chance to see Derek Carr twice a season. And much to what Joey Bosa spoke to after that first meeting that got Derek Carr upset, that's what I saw. I, I would see Bosa destroy Colton Miller or whatever plug-and-play right tackle they had, get into Derek Carr's lap, and he just didn't want to stand in the pocket. And look, like that's what's so weird about people think you're automatically calling a guy soft or something. That's not the point. The point is, are you comfortable standing in there knowing it's coming? And when you're taking shot after shot after shot, I totally understand getting rid of the ball because my offensive line can't, they can't protect me. I can't hold the ball that long. I'm going to get drilled in the back, and I can't do that every player. I'm going to be broken in half and standing on the sideline. So I think what Bosa spoke to and what I saw repeatedly was a guy that just wasn't comfortable holding the football. But that changed last year. Like That did change, and I think that's a huge development for the Raiders, especially with the arrival of Devontae Adams. Um, I still thought their offensive line was not good. Um, but for whatever reason, Derek Carr was just more willing to stand in there and let plays develop downfield, and they were effective. So I, like to me, Derek Carr took a huge step last year. I thought he was take him or leave him. You can probably find someone else to plug in there that can do very similar things, and I thought last year he ascended to something more than that because of his willingness to take shots downfield to rugs, you know, and 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 now with Devontae Adams there and Hunter Renfro is as nasty a weapon as there is out there. He like that, that threesome Renfro, Waller, Adams is going to be a nightmare.
4: I think on third down especially, but to yeah. your point about the line, and that's why two teams in this division are suspect to me, is the offensive line scenario, their right guard and right tackle combo last season allowed more pressures than any guard tackle combo on the right side in the league. And so Carr's going to be dealing with that again As they did not fix that. Um, it's nice to add Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams is not, I don't think, going to produce the way that he did where he was sort of a one-man show in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Um, and I think this is, you know, Josh McDaniels is going to run a little bit of a different type of offense that might have a little bit more balance. I, I, I mean, Josh McDaniels is also the kind of coach and maybe this won't apply in Las Vegas, the way it did in New England, especially with Tom Brady, where you're so fluid and so high level, where they ran a different offense every week based on the opponent. Josh McDaniels will, ha- will ha- go quarter after quarter where he runs the ball, you know, twenty times in a row if he needs to. I don't know how that works with the the attack they have because their strength is their weapons uh, in this the passing is, game.
3: It's it's such a tough division for this team to be, and if they were in a different division, I I would feel better than that eight and a half. Uh, over under, which sounds about right to me. And like, it's not Carr, you know, a guy that hears the criticism. You know, it's the fact that he's the fourth best quarterback in this division, that's not his fault. He's just in a division with great quarterbacks. And I think the Raiders, that's kind of the position they're in right now. And Alex Leatherwood, he's one of those issues on the right side of the line, their first round pick last year. I think it's kind of remarkable that they're even a team that you could incredibly talk about as a playoff team, uh, both last year when they made it, and again this season. Considering how many misses they had at the top of the draft in the last few years, they've hit on other elements of team building. Uh, but Leatherwood, and not to mark him down as a bust, it's only one year, is just another example of that.
2: The one thing I'll I'll add is, you know, again, defensively, Max Crosby is as good as there is in the league. It's just there a, was a hit, a, hit right a pass there. Rusher, so to pay, and like like I said, I think I said it earlier. Um, but Chandler Jones is an upgrade. Uh, Ngakwe was good last year. Chandler Jones is an upgrade. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting because Gus, you know, having worked with Gus for for all those years, I got to see just how good of a communicator he is, how much the defense loves him. How sa- There's a reason why he's been employed as long as he has, even though schemes have changed and a lot of people think what he does is outdated. But his defenses perform, you know, and he doesn't always have the best personnel to work with. That that Raiders defense played league average last year, and they had no business playing league average with that secondary. You know, he brought in some guys that were practice squad guys on the Chargers that were cast offs from the Chargers because they knew the system and he wanted them to be comfortable, and they played well. Um, but Patrick Graham, I'll see how complicated is it. Is it the same as last year? But to me, like, that's that's the one benefit they're going to have is that pass rush is going to create turnovers. It's going to give the offense extra opportunities in games. And I think that's how that eight and a half comes into play. And maybe it becomes a nine, you know, and maybe it becomes a 10 and now they're the team that's in third place and making the playoffs. And, and one of the other three ends up falling into that basement and doesn't get into the tournament.
3: But the most important takeaway from this entire conversation <laughs> to me, again, money I don't think Eric car sucks. When eighty-seven-year-old Brent Musburger, give or take a couple of years, is standing over you with brass knuckles on his right hand, and you're you're laid out with a sword jaw, from my forehead bleeding from your ear, even, and he's saying, "Jackpot, baby!
2: <laughs> what do you do next?" I guess I just say, "Yeah, baby, jackpot, baby, Raiders, baby, jackpot, baby." <laughs> yeah, you know, Brent is gone. You know, Brent uh, is no longer their play-by-play man.
4: No. Yeah. Oh, well, that that Don't renders this that. exercise totally no He null retired. And void, he then. retired
2: this year. Yeah. He no, is, he didn't. Uh, yeah, he did.
3: Oh, I never. I missed that. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed. I, mean, I look like forward to him every Sunday old. night. I yeah. know. I guess it had to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, Brent, thank you for the several hundred years of great broadcast. Right. We really thank you for it. Um, money, we do thank you for coming on the show. I would like to know as we close the book on this conversation, how many teams come out of this division and and are playing in January in the postseason to you? And uh, who's coming in first? I know that's a, a tough
2: one. It's such a gauntlet. Their their schedule's tough, man. It's uh because it's NFC West. So you got the Rams And you got the Cardinals, you got to deal with Kyler Murray, and you got the 49ers, you know, you got the, um, I think it's AFC South. So you'll have to contend with the physicality of Tennessee, you know, the Matt Ryan and Frank Reich led Cole. Like it's a tough schedule um, for all these teams. I believe, uh, I believe I'm going to go two. come out. I know everyone's talking three or four. I'm going to go two teams come out of here. Yeah, just like it did last year, I think that's the same. I think the the North. I, I believe the you know I believe in the the Bengals, um, and I believe in in the Ravens. Um, you know what? No, I think it's three. Now that I'm working through it, because I, I don't think there's more than one in the East.
3: Ah, oh, well, it could be four two.
2: It could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Who's playing um, the
4: home game in mid-January? I know it is. Who is it? Mark. Well, I'll tell you real quick. Here are my standings from the bottom up. Raiders, 8 and 9. Broncos and Chiefs, both 10 and 7. Only the Chiefs make the playoffs. The Chargers win the division at 11 and 6.
3: I think your order is probably what most people are coming down with. Not to say you're a
4: basic man, Mark, because you certainly are not. Well, I think a lot of people would put Kansas City number one still. uh, But... (laughs) Uh, it's it's Charger season. It's the middle that sounds of the summer. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. But there's a yeah. reason for it. I mean, their roster is as talented there as always it's been. Is. Yeah, but their quarterback was is a higher argument for me than late,
2: late stage Philip Rivers. And this year, I think is different. I, I don't think we got into it, did we? I like to me the thing that people are overlooking is Khalil Mack and Bosa. Like I just I don't think anybody is putting enough into that. Uh, Joey Bosa is so regularly overlooked. He's so good against the run. And he is a wrecking machine against the pass. And he's always double teamed because they've never had somebody opposite. him. Even when Melvin Ingram was opposite him, he was always single covered. Mm-hmm. He was always single man. It was always Bosa getting get the double team. So now that you have Khalil Mack and go look at his numbers when he didn't have that foot injury, look what he was doing. You think there, it's not a coincidence that Robert Quinn had a career year last year because most of those sacks came early on when Khalil Mack was opposite him. So now you've got Bosa paired with that. And you're rotating in Kyle Van Noy, who's always got a floor of five to six sacks, you know, per season. And then you had J.C. Jackson on the back end. They've always had issues with their secondary and lack of depth. And now, you know, one of their starters for the last two years is going to be their fourth cornerback. Like it's just feels a lot different this year defensively.
4: I would say also if you like outside of the, the Broncos offense with Russell Wilson plugged in. What Brandon Staley will do with this defense, with the people they added in, an, in another year, like they've talked all offseason that they're so much more comfortable. I think he's probably PO'd about the way last season ended on defense for them. It will be the second most improved unit in the entire AFC West, and that makes them extremely dangerous.
3: Let's see. It's also when we do the hot butt, butt rankings a little later in the summer. I think Brandon Staley is going to be high up on that list because he needs performance. He needs this team to take the next step. Hmm. Uh, in my opinion, uh, we shall see if it happens. Uh, hey football we shall see. Hey football gods.
2: How <laughs> about seventeen we weeks?
3: We shall see. I got. It. Sometimes you got to hit them with the we shall see. That's right. Seventeen weeks. Hey, it's good job, Mikey. Yo, we'll see. It's good job. <laughs> what do you got you, there for Mikey? me, Dan?
2: What do you got? Give it to me. What do you got? What do you What do you get? What do you What do you What do you got on your shirt? What
0: does it say? What do you got? Let me hear.
3: <laughs> Everyone else, everybody else, can turn it off now. It's just gonna be uh, me and Money doing Chris Russo now for about twelve minutes. Uh, hey, that's a good job by you. Th- this one we
4: uh, so one then I the- come to the
2: twelfth hole and I pull out <laughs> seven wood.
4: I mean, he came on our show and we, when he, I think he gave me a "That's a good job by you." And I was like essentially just right. done for well, the rest so of the episode. Was,
3: when he first came on and, and Chris was still with us uh, at Radio Row a few years back after he wrapped, it, he's like, "Oh, this for you? Wow, that's tough." That's a good job by you guys. Floor,
2: huh? <laughs> so I right. hear uh, Petro some money, huh? Supposed to be, how many years? Uh, six, 16. A, in a market like Los Angeles? That's, you guys are incredible. Oh, good job by you. That's incredible. I didn't know that. My God, I'm with royalty. 16 years in Los Angeles. you got to be kidding. Huh, what a job. What a life. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. Yeah,
3: bad dog. All right, we're going to we're going to take um, a little break here, as we said, uh, going uh, take the week off, spend time with family and friends. We'll be back on the other side of the July 4th week money. Thank you for joining us, baby, uh, baby. Jackpot, baby. Uh, check out Petros and money and good job on NFL you. Network. And hopefully money, me and you on power rankings come uh, early September. One of us has and, a contract and Well, we hope you're here. If not, Mark will just slide right in as the Power Rankings co-host. And speaking of Mark, uh, we have done a deep dive into the AFC West. Now, Mark is going to dive deep within his own mind and offer some, what what would you call Mark, a meditation? Yes, a meditation of sorts. Yes,
4: an AFC West-based meditation to take us into our break.
3: So as we head into our break, head into the mind's eye of the quiet storm.
4: It is time now to let go, to relinquish concerns over career, status, money, money's contract, hidden second families, etc., etc. Close your eyes and allow yourself to be guided by your inner being, that voice within that has always led you that voice that wishes to tell you about a disturbing future development in the AFC West. Please remember that in ancient Peruvian shamanistic practices, the leader of the tribe would kick off Peru's new year by sending one male infant down the river in a small dinghy made out of sticks, clay, and other business. You can bet your bottom dollar that male baby was never seen again. The parallel here is the much-ballyhooed Denver Broncos. Instead of waltzing into Super Bowl 57, their season ends abruptly in week 11, when the team plane vanishes into thin air somewhere over the Rocky Mountains. Three days later, Roger Goodell receives the following text from Nathaniel Hackett. Just want to let you know we're fine but the aircraft was apparently sucked into some sort of time-space vortex for lack of a better definition. I can't say for sure, but we appear to be in a version of Colorado from the very deep past. We've encountered a small tribe of mostly friendly non-English speaking natives who seem to believe that special teams coordinator Dwayne Stukes is some sort of deity. We are subsisting primarily off these huge luscious apples that fall like candy from the trees. Anyway, Totally unsure if if and when we'll cycle back around to our thread of existence. Kind of a stupid situation, to be honest. Ciao, Broncos finish six and four.
3: See you in a couple weeks.
1: Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
5: com.